Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Preeminent Producer Podcast. In past episodes, it has been said that success leaves clues. So today, I asked the question, well, if success leaves clues, does failure also leave clues? And then we get into some uh, topics of mindset and a a really valuable discussion of how to identify if you have the right mindset as a producer and, more importantly, a preeminent one. So here we go. Let's dive in. I'll see you at the end. Are you a commercial insurance producer struggling to stand out from the competition? Do you find it challenging to grow your book of business and create a fulfilling career? If so, then welcome to the Preeminent Producer Podcast. Each week, we'll be tackling important topics, sharing proven strategies and insights from successful producers that are in the trenches and have traveled the journey to becoming a preeminent producer. You'll discover what it really takes to become preeminent and build your book of business in a way that isn't being taught anywhere else. Our hosts are experts in the field and have built thriving businesses by becoming the most trusted advisor to their clients. Welcome to your journey to becoming a preeminent producer. Let's dive in. So guys, uh, we've heard Rick say um, multiple times throughout our preeminent coaching podcast, as well as trainings, um, that success leaves clues. And I'm curious your thoughts on this. If success leaves clues, does that mean failure also leaves clues? Absolutely, 100%. You know, I, I think we learn more from our failures than we do from our victories if we take the time to do it. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, we're in an industry where we're not going to win it all the time. As a matter of fact, we're, you know, we, one of the things we've talked about. And let me stop right here. I don't know if you can hear what's going on outside, but they are resurfacing my parking lot. And there's a billion machines out there. So if the place starts shaking, that's what it is. Okay. But anyway, I think the most important thing we can do is, is take time to learn from our failures. In other words, we go out and we make a presentation to somebody. And we don't get the account. We lose an account. Um, All of those things are going to happen to us in our career. And what I've always said is, you know, when we lose a prospect, that's really a bad thing. But when we don't learn from our loss, that's the tragedy. Because you just can't go back to your office and go, well, damn it, that didn't work well. You've got to go back to your office and you've really got to sit down with yourself and hopefully somebody else on your team who's been involved in this process and say, okay, let's do a post-mortem of this. Let's, let's debrief. What did we do wrong? What did we do right? And, and you've got to learn from your failures. If you don't learn from your failures, you're destined to repeat them again and fail again. You know, uh, yeah, that, that's, by the way, Paul, excellent question. And Rick, that was an excellent response. A um, couple things occur to me. Number one, that last thing you talked about, Rick, about doing the postmortem, learning from our mistakes, our failures, or whatever we want to call them. Uh, doing a postmortem is a lot easier when it was a team sell presentation. Yes. yes. <laughs> and you need to be, we've talked about team selling recently. You need to be brutally honest with each other because. Honest to goodness, I mean, this has happened to me so many times, more, more than I can remember. If I'm the one doing that talking and doing that part of the presentation, I will miss certain cues or clues. Uh, I maybe quite likely won't really hear what that prospect is either trying to say verbally or more importantly, non-verbally. And, uh, you know, my partner will pick up on that and we can we can talk about that later. Uh, I... I 
I guess one of the signs to me of uh, failure or a clue to, to, to failure that you're doing something wrong is if you've got some sort of general feeling of malaise uh, about your job slash career as a producer, uh, winning is fun. And you kind of when you're hot, you're hot. And when you're doing, when you're doing well, it's fun, you know, and, and this can be just the best career. I, I've said it before and I'll probably say it again in the future if you're doing this wrong, though, it become it can definitely become drudgery. It can become one of the most yucky jobs out there. You're just getting rolled and beat up right and left. So, I guess one clue to to uh, uh, failure is if if you're not having fun, if you've got kind of this malaise and maybe sort of you're developing a a failing mindset. I guess that you're setting yourself up for failure. Well, and I think, okay, so that's a great point. So when it comes to maybe either not seeing your failures or having that failure mindset. So uh, one of the very first topics I think we ever talked about inside of the preeminent producer was having a preeminent producer mindset. Mm -hmm. And so real quick, can you guys just cover from your own perspective, what, what is a preeminent producer mindset to you? And then I got another question after that for you. Oh, wow. That's that's a big question. You know, a preeminent to me, a preeminent producer. And I'm going to go back to the thing that I say on these all the time, which is no do master. You know, we all kind of know some of the things that we're supposed to do to be an insurance, a successful insurance broker. And we all do many of those things. The preeminent producer is on their way to mastering all of those things that we are supposed to do pipeline is full. They have a compelling story. They own their calendar. Um, they have minimum account size. They've got all of those things that we talked to about. And their goal is to get as close to mastery as possible, be money motivated, on the track, set goals to get there. And they work hard. And they, as Matt just said, they know this is a career, not a job. And it's also a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, you got to keep that long, the long game in perspective. Otherwise, it'll just tear you apart, you know, yeah. if, if you don't. It, it's a it's it's a marathon. Yeah, that's that's for sure. You know, in the subject of or on the subject of a preeminent producer's mindset, there there's kind of an overarching mindset. And then I think there's sub mindsets. Here's what I mean by that. The overarching mindset is that you know, and you're confident and you truly believe, you really believe that you are the best producer, the best broker for that particular insured. And that without you, they will be worse off. It doesn't mean they're going to go out of business or anything, but you know, they would be better off with you. Without you, they're going to be worse off. But the components that kind of contribute to that, I've often thought there, there are maybe a four or five sub mindsets. You need to have a, I guess what I'd call a differentiated mindset. You're always looking for ways to differentiate in a valuable, meaningful way to those, to your clients and prospects. Uh, there's a B, these are things we've, we've talked about. There, there's a, a BOR mindset that you really have developed that mindset that you are worth a broker of record letter and therefore you don't quote. Are there exceptions to that? Yes, we've talked about that. And we'll talk about those again. 
there's a always prospecting mindset. I know Christian's not with us today, but he he talks about that. And, and I've learned some of that from him, actually, uh, during the course of this uh, project, uh, to always have that mindset wherever you're at. You know, he talks about how he writes down the names of, of trucks or delivery vehicles. I've started doing that. You know, it's good. It's good. I've made a couple of those of those outreaches because of that. And it's, you know, I, I think it, I think it's working, you know, so I think that's good. Um, I, I guess those are the uh, kind of the major mindsets or sub mindsets that I think of that, that all contribute to that overarching mindset that, Hey, I am preeminent. I'm the best one for this particular client. Yeah. And to go back to what you said earlier and what Matt said about learning from our mistakes and working in a team, all progress starts with the truth. And you have to be truthful with yourself about what you did or didn't do. Mm-hmm. And, and there's where learning can take place. So go ahead. Back to you, Paul. No, I think, okay, so that, that's a really good segue into this, this possibly difficult question. We'll see. Uh, and that is, um, if, if you are struggling um, and, and you're not getting the results that you like, uh, how, how can somebody identify that they do not have a preeminent mindset because we can say, Hey, you got to have this. And, and I, and I get mindsets kind of a harder thing to, to teach. Uh, I mean, there are ways obviously, but it can be a harder thing. It's not just one of those things where do X, Y, Z, and you're going to have it all of a sudden that there can be a lot of internal issues going on that prevent someone from having this. So how, how would somebody be able to identify easily that they do not have the right preeminent mindset. I think, and I think Matt said almost a failure mindset. Yeah. And it's easy to develop that because we get, you know, we're kind of like that major league baseball player when you're brand new in the business. You know, if you lose 70% of the time when you're in the big leagues, you're a star, you're batting 300. And, and our batting average as, as we are in the business longer and longer should go up. You can look at your W2. Um, If you're not achieving what you think you should be achieving, uh, that's it. I go back to, since I'm an old jock, I go back to some of the old coaches that I had in basketball and, and uh, John Wooden, the, the Hall of Fame coach from UCLA, would really not scout his opponent. And he was the most successful basketball coach of all time still. All he would do with his team is say, if you play your best, if you give 100%, we will win. That was what he did. And I think, again, if all progress starts with the truth, the first person you need to be truthful with is yourself. You need to ask yourself, okay, am I really working diligently? Am I really working hard? Do I own my calendar? And am I doing the things that I'm supposed to do, the basic blocking and tackling day after day after day, and be honest with yourself? Can you, are, are you? Asking for help from coaches, from your mentors, from the owner of the agency, from your sales manager. Are you, are you, you know, in life we need help. We really do, especially when we're young and we're 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 str- we're trying to get into this industry. So I think just being honest with yourself, are you really doing all those things that you know you need to do to succeed? Mm. You know. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the truth again, Rick. You mentioned that earlier also, and I was going to make a comment about that. It's uh, tempting, or that's probably the wrong word, but it's it's uh, possible, I guess, 
when we talk about a subject like mindset, it's possible for the listener to think, well, this is just a bunch of, you know, hooey, hogwash, psychobabble. Uh, and, you know, but it's it's not. But I, I can see why people might feel that way. And I've seen, you know, self-deception before among certain producers. I'll just tell you guys a real quick story. This is, Paul, this is probably far afield from whatever your question was, but I'm going to tell the story real quick anyway. Oh, let's have like, fun with it. Come on, Matt, let's have some fun here. It's a good story, I think. I was doing some consulting for uh, uh, independent insurance agency many years ago, and I met with their entire producer force. We had a group meeting. It was sales coaching type consulting. And I don't know, the producer forces, fairly decent agency. I mean, they had, uh, well, they had probably, you know, close to 15 producers. And we all had this meeting and we were talking about, amongst other things about hit ratios. And, you know, I was kind of going around the room, we were all sharing what really what our hit ratios are, you know. And uh, this was a, an agency that was doing a lot of telemarketing, cold type prospecting. And I was trying to get them to come to grips with because I've seen this with a lot of agencies, realistically, you're going to have a, a 20% hit ratio on, 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 the, on those type of non-developed leads. One particular producer, sharper looking, you know, younger guy, it was his turn. He said, I have a 100% hit ratio. He said, I, he said, he was serious when he said, he said, he said, uh, you know, I write everything that I go after. And Later, after the, the meeting adjourned, I was speaking with the principal of the agency, and he said, you know, that guy has the lowest hit ratio in this entire company. So I don't know where he was coming. Somehow he had deceived himself or he had he had really worked on a mind, an artificial mindset that he was the best, you know, but it wasn't working for him. <laughs> you know? well, so we've got to be truthful with ourselves. That, you know? I, I completely agree. And, and that is a, a real thing. And I think, you know, that, that pride and ego can be blinders. Uh, mm-hmm. And really, I think that self-deception is a valid point uh, where yeah. we're into to Rick's point. We have to be truthful with ourselves, honest with ourselves. If we don't like the current result, I think it's safe to say, right? If you don't like the current result, you got to reverse engineer and figure out, okay, where are we going wrong? And if it's mindset, then we got to adjust. Yeah. yeah. Well, remember the, 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 the basic definition of insanity. If I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again the same way, but I expect different yeah. results, then I'm cry- I'm crazy. I'm nuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious, uh, what would you guys say to somebody if if there is a producer listening to this and they're thinking, I know I'm not there. I'm on this journey of preeminence and I want to make it there. I want to be this preeminent producer. I, I feel like I am getting better in the mindset area. I'm improving, but maybe not there yet. What would be just some words of uh, advice or wisdom for, for someone on that journey? Sure. You know, Matt, you start us out. I will. I will. Uh, the first thing that jumps out to me there is that's a healthy attitude right there. <laughs> if they got that attitude, then there's hope. <laughs> there's de- there, there's yeah. definitely. Definite, uh, definite hope for success. Uh, so I think to have that attitude that maybe, you know, I haven't really arrived yet, but I want to, and I'm open to criticism and learning from people, you know, who've done this longer than I have or more successfully. I, I guess that's, that's the first thing that occurs to me there. Yeah. I think you're hundred percent right, Matt. I think it's, they're frustrated. And I think that Matt, you've said it. If, if you're sitting in this, this, podcast, you're listening to this podcast, you're in your career and you're frustrated and you're, you're angry and you're not, but you like the industry. 
you like the industry, you feel it's the right industry for you, but you're frustrated, that's where learning can take place. That's where you go, okay, I got to do something different. And, and coaching, mentoring, all these kind of things. But I think frustration is a wonderful thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And the flip side of that is, or the opposite, I guess, is like we've talked about, when you're winning, it's fun. It's it the opposite is. of frustration, yep. right? Yep. You know. Uh, also, Paul, something in your question spurred this thought in my mind, and that is, if you've developed the right mindset, then it still can be tough to put that into practice. And by that, I mean, as an example, uh, something that we've talked about uh, in the program is a coverage gap analysis. And, and I personally do a lot of that. You know, one thing I don't do is if I make a presentation to a prospect and I give them a report, a professional report that details out a lot of or what are some key coverage gaps, if they don't go with me and assign me as their broker, I take that report back. And the first time I did that, uh, it was kind of gutsy. I was a little nervous about it, but it worked out okay. And I, re I remember the shock on the face of that client because I had not prepped them for that. I prep people now. I tell them, look, something along the lines of when I come back, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a report, everything we just talked about. And you'll either say, hey, this is so impressive that I want you to be my broker. And, or you're going to say, no, it wasn't that impressive. At that point, I'm going to take my report back. And we'll we'll part friends, you know. So now I try to set the scene. I do it a little more adroitly than I just said, but I try to set the scene so they know that. And so now I'm showing, hopefully, conveying some pride in my my work product, and I won't leave that with them. But things like that are tough uh, the first time around. So you really have to once you've developed that mindset, and that manifests itself in other ways too. But you just have to uh, be disciplined enough to go ahead and, and and stick to your guns. Another example, I know Jerry's talked about this in the past, is we as producers have a tendency when it's an imperfect situation or a far from perfect situation to think, well, I'm still going to take a crack at it. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw a quote out there. And, you know, I think my salesmanship, I can convince this guy, you know, if it's not meeting the right parameters. Again, it takes discipline, but you got to walk away from it. Your time is just spent is better spent somewhere else. So I guess my my rambling point here is, yeah, it, it's tough, you know, but but uh, when you know you when you know you're that credible, you got to stick to your guns. You know what another thing a preeminent producer does that a struggling producer or a preeminent producer rather doesn't do that a struggling producer does, we don't work for free. Mm. So I'm sitting down in front of somebody and they ask me a question about, hey, I don't have this. Would something like this be important? Or they ask our advice. And we all want to say, oh, my gosh, let me answer that for you. Let me say, oh, my, you don't have that. Let me tell you what it is. And, and you should have that coverage in here. It's why you should have it. The answer is we don't work for free. Uh, I tell people, listen, I will answer all of these questions for my clients. I don't ask, I don't, I don't do it for non-clients. You don't sell your product for free. If you did, you wouldn't be in business and you wouldn't have those hundred employees out there. I don't work for free. Neither is your attorney and neither does your CPA. So yeah, you answer one of those and then you kind of go, now, wait a minute. If I'm your broker, 
I'm going to handle all of this for you. I'm going to answer those questions for you. As a new producer, you want to come, oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah, I want to do that for you. Oh, I can solve that for you. Here's, here's all the information for you. You don't do it because mm. you're for free. Rick, Rick, that's a perfect example of it's tough. <laughs> you know what I mean? It take, It's a little gutsy to do it that way. Yes, it but, is. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, preeminent producers do things that are a little gutsy. You, you have to develop that. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to walk away when it's not going to work. I'm not afraid to say, I don't quote, I do everything by agent or broker of record letter only. Yeah. And, and you're, you're absolutely right, Matt. Preeminent producers are, I wouldn't say totally fearless, but kind of fearless. All right. I hope you got some nuggets of gold out of that. There's really some important points and topics. And really, I just encourage you guys to take action, take the time to think about what was said and really examine reverse engineer. If you don't like the current results that you have right now, then we got to take ownership of ourselves and go, okay, do I have the right mindset? Am I doing the right steps? Am I teachable? Am I not? And what Matt said about uh, uh, self-deception, that's a real thing. And we've got to be careful not to do that and walk in truth as a preeminent producer. So until next time, guys, we will see you in the next episode of the Preeminent Producer Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Preeminent Producer Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Preeminent Producer Podcast.